All right. So, so we'll this morning look at, at, um, at Joshua and then touch on Jeremiah and look at Joseph. As I was thinking um, this morning about what is an example, when you think about scripturally, who is a great example of a father um, in the Bible? Like what, what guy do you think about in the Bible um, other than of course, God or Jesus, but what guy do you say that, Hey, demonstrated being a heavenly father. I mean, just a good father. And so I started kind of like in the beginning with Adam and I, you know, and then, and, and when we say father, I think we ought to incorporate husband too, but we see Adam and, and I'm thinking, you know, he might've made a mistake or two. And then Noah might've made a mistake or two. And Abraham may have made a, made a mistake or two. And as I was walking through Moses and, and David and, and all that, and I said, then I get to the disciples and Peter had a wife, but never said nothing about his kids. And a lot of them were single. And then Paul alludes to maybe they got married, but what do we know about their, their kids? And maybe, maybe, maybe um Paul and Timothy, that kind of situation. So I just start thinking, where is that, that model that really gives us some things to think about when it comes to being a father? And, um, and, and, and Joshua and Joseph just popped up to my head and, and just to have a fun extra J I'm going to throw Jeremiah in there for, for a reason, but I want us to look in Joshua one, if you can, if you can turn there. Um, and I, I want to just read nine verses real quick in Joshua one. And just as we, as we hear those scriptures begin to pull a few things from this story. Um, after the death of Moses, the servant of, of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over the Jordan, you and all these people into the land that I am giving to, to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot would thread upon, I have given to you just as I promised to Moses from the wilderness and the Lebanon as far as the great river and the river Euphrates and the land of the Hittites to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. And then I want you to start tuning into this because what we're really talking about this morning is as men, how is God called? What position has he put us in? How has he called us to impact our, our, our wives, our children, our family, our workplace, where is, how has he put us in there? So in verse five, it says, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life, just as I was with Moses. So I will be with you. And then hear this key phrase. We've heard it. We love it, but here it is. I will not leave you nor forsake you. I want you to start thinking about has God called you to a purpose, a place as a father, as a husband, as a man, as a brother, as you know, has he called you to lead in in your culture, that culture that you are in? And do you find um, refuge in the fact that he spoke, he would not leave you nor forsake you? Now, if you're not in a relationship with him, that promise may not stand for you. But if you are in a relationship, maybe you need to be encouraged this morning to realize just to revisit, to rethink that God has promised that he would never leave nor forsake you. What does that mean in 2023 today for you? And then I want you to see the next point in six. He starts to say, 
be strong and courageous. He's kind of used this phrase a lot. A lot. We've even got a modern movie. I think. I think the name of it was Courageous, but where they use this and they really point this this idea out. But he's telling him he's calling him to leadership to do something that he is ordained for a group of people, and he's going to be the guy that's going to lead them through there. And he tells him, even though he said he's going to be with them and no one be able to stand against him, he tells him he has his claws, be strong and courageous. He had to say that because it would need Joshua to focus in on being bold. And, and I think that's a, a message for us as fathers today, as men today, is that there's going to be a point that if we're going to do God's will in our life and be effective to the wife, our wife and our children and to the community that is around us, we're going to at times have to be bold, strong and courageous. So in 60 says, be strong and courageous for you shall call the people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that the Mo that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from the right hand or to the left that you may do good and success wherever you go. Now, here's another key issue in eight. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate it day and night. This is another thing, a charge to us as men. Are we meditating on the book of the law, on the Bible, on God's word, are we meditating it on it day and night? And what significance and weightiness does that have in our effectiveness to be the leader that 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 we can be for God? Um, and then it says, so that he, he gave. I should have finished that that sentence. But so that 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 you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it, for that you will make. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. And so I, I'm going to, I'm going to touch on Jeremiah. Uh, I'm working on a lesson. I'll be teaching Sunday school next week. And basically the lesson of Jeremiah one is real simple. The call, the message and the protection and 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 um, and we'll look at that in just a second. But I want you to see here that in Joshua, he's saying, I'm going to be with you. Whatever you do is prosperous, but be strong and courageous. So there's this favor of the Lord. You're going to be able to do amazing things. Um, it's going to be so impressive what you're going to do um, with me. But but you're still going to be careful. You're still going to have to 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 be strong and courageous, and I think this really sums it up in the idea of walking by faith and not by sight. The reason we have to be strong and courageous is because we have to trust and depend in Him, and we have to go to a place that He's going to show us. We we may not have all the answers as we walk through, and I want us to think about that in the context. We don't have all the answers as men. We can all agree we don't have all the answers with women. They're different. When what what is what would one person say? Men are from Mars and women are from Venus. They just talk different. They act different. They're just different. And we need God to to guide us in 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 leading them. There's just no other way around it. And um, so there's this text here in Joshua one through um nine. And I want to go to 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 chapter three seven and just read one verse. And I want to I give you this this morning as a promise. It says, the Lord said to Joshua, today, 
I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all of Israel, that they may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. The greatest thing that can happen to us as a leader, as a man, as we we venture out on this amazing task to be a, a husband or a father, or even to be a ministry leader um, in our community, we we have to have God. If He don't open the doors, we're not going to succeed. We can have all the eloquence and all the all the knowledge and all that. If He doesn't open the door, there's no way we can succeed. And so, and so, all right, Paul. Um, so He says, "I will exalt you in front of Israel." Well, what is Israel? It's the bride of God. It it eventually becomes the church. You know, um, if if that's how you look at it, but. This marriage language is here in this text, and it and it's it's consistent as a godly man that you can realize that you need God to give you favor with your wife, favor with your kids, and favor with anyone that you're going to lead in the ministry. But he does that by 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 prospering your leadership, prospering your ways. But but it happens because you get the information from him. So we have to be men of the word. We have to be men of prayer. We have to bring our family problems and our marriage problems to the Lord and ask him, how do I love my wife better? How do I love my kids better? And, and then if you're in ministry, the language there is that you're a shepherd and you are you're an under shepherd of Christ and you are you are caring for his flock for him. You're stewarding for your master that flock and you have to care for them. You have to be w willing to lay your life down for your wife, willing to lay your life down for your kids, willing to lay your life down for your family in Christ, the body of Christ. And so just real quick in Jeremiah 1. Um, and, and, and I want to get to Joseph, but in Jeremiah one, um, if you ever want to know what my birthday is, just remember Jeremiah one, um, Jeremiah one has chapters verses one through, through 19. So 11, 19, that's, that's my, my birthday. Um, and the funny part about this is as a guy asked me to teach Sunday school and he said, um, it's Lamentations. And my first thought was, am I qualified to teach on Lamentations? And the answer was no. <laughs> you know, I, I knew I needed the three weeks to prepare to try to get qualified. But anyway, I found out it was Jeremiah 1. And when I saw that it was 1119, um, I said, hey, that's my birthday. Maybe maybe it's meant to be for me to, me to teach this lesson. So, But anyway, I want to tell you in that verses 1 through 19, it walks through a, a, a variety of things, but but in there is the calling. Does anybody know, I'll catch you off guard, does anybody know when God called Jeremiah what Jeremiah said? So no quick answers, but he said, I'm too young. So so Moses said, I can't speak. But what do we do when God calls us? We tell him, we're not this, we're not that, we're not this, we're not that. And, and, and so we know we need to know that, that God has called us to do something that we 
that we aren't going to naturally do by sight. It's going to take faith and we have to trust and depend on him, his direction. And, and, and he's going to, to tour guide us through it. And so that's part of our pilgrimage is um, we will face giants. And that's why we got to be um, strong and courageous is because we're going to say, there's no way we can do this or we can do that, but we know God's called us to do, do that. So for instance, God has called us to be an amazing husband. He's called us to be amazing father. He's called us to make an amazing impact in our culture, but those mountains are tall. And we look at it and we're like, Ooh, I don't think I can do it. Well, guess what we're doing? We're looking through our sight. We're not looking through God's eyes. We're, we're seeing it the way we, we see it, not the way he sees it. Um, trying to speed up through this so we can get off early. But in Exodus 4, 10 through 12, Moses, when he's called, he said, I can't speak. And, and God gives him, he's like, who made the mouth? Did I not make the mouth? Can I not control what the mouth does? And, you know, and, and, and I thought that was so logical. Like, who is our God? Who is leading us into these places and telling us to do these certain things? But anyway, I think I told you to go to Jeremiah 1, 6 through 8. But there's there's three things, the calling, the message and the pr protection. And one of the things that we have to do is when we're called in some sense or some way by God is we have to surrender to that calling. But then the message, we have to depend on it. God doesn't always give us all the story. He gives us this like partial story and we got to hold on to it as an anchor and we got to trust in it. But we're like, there, there has to be more to it. And we're trying to prop it up and all that. But what we have to do is we have to depend on what he gave us was enough. And what happens is as we walk by faith, he makes this little bitty, simple, almost not complete, it'll never work kind of message work. And you just glorify him and you just give him all the, the honor and the praise because because you didn't think it would work. There's nothing like when God's spirit moves and, and people are like, man, that was so awesome. What you did was so awesome. You're like, 100% was voting that it was not going to work, you know, and, and God just makes it work. And he, he shows himself to be awesome. And I think he does that again and again with his people. He gives this partial message that's almost broken. And, and, and we have to, to, I put on it, depend on it. So when God gives you a word, that's partial or broken. And you know, he's called you to be faithful to that word. You have to surrender to the calling and depend on the message that what he said that he you're not going to make it happen it's not your job don't be shamed don't let the devil shame you and you feel guilty because you can't bring about the message that god said for you to deliver no you just faithfully delivered and trust that one day in his glorious ability he's gonna he's gonna make it work and you're gonna be able to honor and glorify him as long as you know anyway in the protection Sometimes we have to tell people things, just specifically say it this way, we have to tell people things that we don't want to tell them. Like we're dreading telling them this, but we know that we 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 care about them and they're hurting and um and they're gonna they're gonna get in trouble if we don't say something. So we 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 have to tell them that. But sometimes they're hostile back towards us. What well, God says, when he leads you into speaking his word, he's going to protect you. Um, and so trust in his protection. Trust in the fact that you can be bold and courageous and that he's going to lead you through that. These are all leadership deals. 
Um, qualifying the call, not call, calling the qualify. You've heard that phrase. I think that's what he does again and again with these men of God. As I walked through this and I said, what father just blew it out the park, you know, you know, in scripture, most none of them did. All of them did something kind of silly. And so that gives us hope this morning because Pretty much, if we're honest, all of us, if, if if we weren't doing Instagram and we did the opposite of Instagram where we didn't give our highlights of our life, but we gave our lowlights of our life, I'm sure all of us have a lot of disappointing moments that we're like, oh my goodness, why would a woman or children ever submit to us? But but God takes these people that are, are broken and full of flaws and, he, and he, he, he exalts them and he he exalts them not for their glory. They, he exalts them for his glory, but he exalts them for the care of the sheep because you have the privilege as a man to be a, um, a husband and a wife. You know, a lot of us have daughters. One of the toughest things as a dad is to give your daughter to some silly old little boy, you know, and, and, but, but we're trusting as dads that God is going to lead that little silly boy to care for your daughter like he led you silly little boy when you first got married to care for your wife and eventually your children um we don't become experts overnight we need a lot a lot a lot of help from god but let's look at this real quick and i know we're gonna have to jump off so i'm gonna give you the highlights in joseph and i put it on the outline I just I did a few titles here, accepting Christ. And we'll talk about that a little bit, leaving home, retreating to Egypt and returning home. Um, that's just a little flow of Joseph. And if we can get to it, I'm going to speak a little bit to the heavenly father and fatherly advice. Just a little bit about Jesus and when he was going to the cross and then what Paul shares with us in Ephesians 5 about loving our wives and, and not angering our children. And so if we can get to that, but let's just briefly look at these scenes of, of Joseph's life. Because I think at the end of the day, for me, that was the one that stood out, that he 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 was he was called into service to be the father of, of the most important child you could ever be a father to. And um, I, th I think he did a good job. Um, but the first part is accepting Christ. It's found in Matthew 1, 16 to 25, if you want to turn there. But I'm going to just give you some of the highlights. The first point in that paragraph of, of story there that the scripture gives to us is being a just man and an unwilling man to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. So the story of Mary in Luke 1, 27 was the angel came and told Mary she was going to have a baby. And she said, how's that going to be? It's going to be conceived with the Holy Spirit. She was a virgin, all that. Well, when Joseph finds her pregnant, now who's going to believe this story? You know, and so Joseph, knowing that Mary must have went out and did something terrible and was maybe sad about the situation, he was still the kind of man that was going to, he had resolved to divorce her quietly. So in his thought, he's like, I'm going to resolve. I think Joseph was personally, this is my opinion here at this point, but I think Joseph was a praying man and he was looking to God and he probably asked, what do I do in this situation? Why did this happen to me? And I think God was already working in his heart in a, in a more subtle way. Of, of, of like, why wasn't he a man that just would rage? Ah, I'm going to get her, get the stones. Let's, let's go get her. He just wasn't that kind of guy. And so 
God in sovereignty and trusted the woman that that he was going to take on flesh to a man that that was going to be pretty pretty awesome. Um, and so in his in his demeanor, in his spirit, he was going to put her away quietly. And the next point we have is as he considered these things, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. That's kind of important. This speaks to how God leads the man of the family, the husband, uh, the father. And he says, um, and the angel says in the dream, do not fear to take Mary as your wife for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. So think about that. You're the you're the, you're the man. You're trying to learn how to lead your wife. You're trying to start a new family. She's already got pregnant, and all of a sudden, this angel comes in and tells you that this was conceived of the Holy Spirit. Now, some men wouldn't even care about that, but I think Joseph was a man of God seeking him, and so I think this had a different set of weight for him, and it should have a different set of weight from you when God speaks to you about certain directive things about how to lead your family. And, um, and four, he says, she will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people from them sins. What do you do when God says something like that to you about one of your children or someone you're leading in a, in a, in a, um, in a leadership sense as a, as a under shepherd shepherd for, for Christ. And then when Joseph woke from the sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. Here's obedience. Um, he took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to the son. And he called his name Jesus. He obeyed. He, he received the message. So he accepted Christ is what I said here. I mean, I know we have a term, accept Christ, salvation. I'm not necessarily saying that. But you can see where many of men would have maybe not accepted this situation. But by seeking God, he saw it to be God's will and he accepted it. There will be things as fathers that we will be led into that are hard to accept. And this is how we accept it by bringing it to, to the Lord and asking him, what should we do with that? And I think he, I think Joseph did this and he was able to do what a lot of the fathers over history were not able to do. He was able to navigate this well. Um, the next part is Luke 2, 1 through 7, and this is just leaving home. And I'll just read a few thoughts here. You probably know the story. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration with uh, with quirksness. With uh, it changed the word, but they, the governor of Syria and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was in the house in the lineage to David to be registered with Mary. While they were there, it, it time to her came to give birth. What's interesting in this is there was something. So they're up in Nazareth. He's met Mary. She's he's been he's been betrothed, engaged, married. However you want to look at it. Um, but they're, they're there. She finds she's pregnant. He's thinking about putting her away. But then all of a sudden, out of their control, the governor of the area says, we're going to, the whole world's going to get a census. And it forces them to leave their hometown and to go where? 
to Judea, to, to Bethlehem, ultimately where Joseph was. Now, these, this is a whole set of prophecies that are fulfilled through this very event. But this is a unique thing. I think it was a unique time in this pilgrimage and going through this. Mary had her family. He had his family and friends. They got away from all this. This is the point of leaving and cleaving. God knitted them together on this journey. God was doing something significant and calling the senses. He was getting Jesus where he needed to be. He was getting, he was, he was knitting Mary and Joseph together to make their marriage strong. But who was leading in all this? God was leading, but he was leading how? Through Joseph. So praise God that Joseph was a faithful. Praise God that he came from that genealogy, that that's where he had to go. All of that. Um, and I know we're running out of time, but Matthew 2, 13 to 15 is the retreat to Egypt. The wise men had come in and 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 um and and Herod's mad. And it says, And the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Rise, take the child and his mother, and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you, for Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. And he rose and took the child and his mother by night and departed to Egypt and remained there until the death of Herod. So who led Jesus and his mother? And how did God lead this family? How did he orchestrate this retreat to Egypt through Joseph? Same thing returning home, Matthew 2, 19 to 23. When Herod died, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt saying, rise, take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel for those who sought the child's life are dead. And he rose and took the child and the mother and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea in place of his father, Herod, he was afraid to go there. Now we've talked about be straight, um, be um, strong and courageous. So you got to ask yourself, was this a stumbling point for Joseph to be a little nervous, a little anxious? I don't think being nervous and anxious is a stumbling point is what you do with that. And, um, and he says, being warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee and he went and lived in a city called Nazareth so that what was spoke of the prophets might be fulfilled, that he would be called a Nazarene. He was scared just like all of us, but what did he do with it? It was in the plan for them to go back to Nazareth and not to Judah. And, and we've, we've went through some of that as we went through John. Um, we looked at Jonah and all that kind of stuff, but this was all fulfilling prophecy. So when you really look close at all this, all of this was done exactly the way God wanted to do it. But what's the key? And it's the, it's the charts us this morning. Are we in step with, or how would I say it? Are, are we in obedience? Are we in total surrender with the Lord's will and call for our life? Are we looking to him? for all our, 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 our answers. Are we bringing all of our ways before him? And just, um, I, 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 Paul says 745. So I'm going to just hit this last little bit real quick. John 12, 27 is, is when Jesus is about to come to the cross 27 and 28. And he says, now is my soul troubled. And I want to, I want, and this is the heavenly father part as we're talking about. I want you to see this. As a father and as a husband, I know well enough there's been times you've been heavily troubled. Your soul has been troubled. Like, I'm not competent to do this. I'm not, 
I'm a terrible husband. I'm a, I'm a terrible father. Um, maybe if you're, if you have an impact in ministry or want to witness to people, or you're trying to be a good example to your people at work, you've just said, you know, I'm really terrible at this, but, but Christ came to a point where he said, now my soul is troubled. And he said, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. You remember in John six, when they said, um, he said, are you going to go to, to the disciples at the end of the chapter? And he said, where else would we go? There is no meaning in life outside of Christ. You know, if, if we're going to win at this life as a father, or as a husband, or any, any, any of the, the things that go along with that, um, it's, it's going to be difficult. It's going to require us to be strong and courageous. It's going to require us to come to him a lot and ask him, what do we do in this situation? And there's going to be times our soul is going to be troubled. But, but as Jesus said, and what shall I say? As he asked his disciples, are you going to go too? As you think about your role as a father and as a husband, what are you going to say about that when it gets hard? What are you going to say about it when it gets tough? And Jesus's answer is, I think what you should say, you know, save me from this hour, but for this purpose, I've come. God has set you. If you're married, he set you in a place to be important to your bride. If you're a father, he set you in place to be important to your children. If you're in some kind of ministry or he's called you to a group of people to be a witness, an ambassador for him, you he has set you in a place for something important. And when it gets hard and your soul is troubled, you have to think about what Jesus said when it got hard for him is it's for this very purpose, you know, that 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 I've I'm here. I've been called to this purpose. I've been given the tools to do it. And it's going to require bravery and it's going to require walking by faith and not by sight. I'm going to have to surrender to the calling. I'm going to have to depend on the message and I'm going to have to trust in his ability to protect me and to carry it out. And then I guess the last point is just reading from uh, i'm gonna finish with this is out of ephesians 5 22 to 33 there's a lot that says there but we have to know our position in god that he has called us to we have to love our wives and we have to love our kids and i just read the, some of the text here it says for for the husband is the head of the wife even as christ is the head of the church that's a pretty big deal as a man you have something in leadership that, that God has given you, not because you deserve it, not because you're quality, you're the most qualified. A lot of times you're not, not because you don't goof up and do really dumb stuff. It's just because he said, you're the guy and you need to realize that and you need to own that. And it, but it, but he gives us instructions here. He says, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for, her. we have to not be like a hireling. And, and, you know, as it says in John 10 there with the good shepherd, we have to be willing as Christ laid his life down for the sheep. That's his that's his people. You know, we serve and we love in such a way that Christ loved and we're willing to 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 fight the wolves that are coming after the sheep, the children of God. We protect them. We protect the women. We protect the kids. 
And um, but he says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. He gave himself for her. And a few more things. Husbands should love their wives as their own body. He who loves his wife loves himself and no one has ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it as Christ does the church. In the beginning in Genesis, he said, it's not good for man to be alone. And he made a helpmate for him. This is this idea. It, it says he, the, the, it, it, it's a mystery in that he leaves his father and mother and he goes and becomes one with his wife. He is his flesh. They are one. They are the same. God has, has molded them into a, 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 a together in such a way, welded them together in such a way that if they're pulled apart, they're, they can't be the same. Because they've been melted together. And 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 so when you are frustrated with your wife and you're you know, and that's the best place to start, because if you can't get this one right, you can't get it right with your children and you can't get it right in ministry. But when you're frustrated with your wife and you've tried to tell her the best way you can tell her, and 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 she don't get it, and you're so frustrated with this role of leadership, it says love her as you love yourself. You're frustrated with yourself. You're frustrated with some type of fracture within yourself. And you come to the Lord and you say, Lord, I don't know how to work through this. I need you to move on my behalf. He does say with the kids, he says, fathers, do not provoke your children to, to, to anger, but to bring them up in discipline and instruction of the Lord. There's times where discipline is no fun. We don't want to have to discipline our children. Everything about being a dad is not always fun. But it says be strong and courageous. And it says back in Joshua that that God, if I get back to read it, this, this is the one I want to leave you with. Today I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all of Israel that they may know that I, I am I, as I was with Moses, I will be with you. You know, my prayer or hope for us this morning is that as we do like Joseph and we bring every every part of our, our, our leadership role to him and ask him for the wisdom and the insight to do it well, that we get to see him make us, um, make us, I'm trying to think of the right word. I don't want to say make us great. I don't want to say respect, but, but, but I, what I'm trying to say is that you want to live in obedience to God and trust in his, his direction in such a way that when your wife and kids look to you and say, I love you, you've done a great job, that you know it's because he led you. And that you can give honor and praise just like Joshua would have done when he seen the people of Israel respect him as they respected Moses that, that he could have his own private, personal party with Jesus and say, Lord, all of this is because of you. You know, we, we talk about in the end, taking our crowns and laying it out of the feet of Jesus. I want you to think about that in concept. When you know you have earned that well done and good faithful servant, it's only because you let God direct your footsteps. You didn't manage your husbandship. You didn't manage your, your fathership by, 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 by your own sight and your own wisdom and insight that you could boast upon. 
you you surrendered humbly to him. So if you find yourself at any point today or in the future or in the past, and you've said this father thing, this husband thing is hard, this ministry thing is hard, then you're in good company. <laughs> Many of people have been there. So I'm going to shut up with that. We got like four minutes for Paul and then maybe any of the other rest of you. I'll, I'll let Paul go first if, if he wants to, but, um, Happy Father's Day, guys. Hopefully that was somewhat encouraging. <laughs> Go ahead, Paul, if you got anything you want. No, I'm good. Good lesson. I don't really have anything to add right at the moment. Anybody else? What you think, Keith? No, just a great closing. I Thing. I just keep thinking of the vine. I mean, apart from him, I can do none of this. I mean, it's all the blessings from him that has guided me through this. Yeah. Thank you, Dennis. Very good. Very good picture of fatherhood. Mr. Mike? It's a marathon and not a sprint. So just remember that, guys. It's, uh, <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a long you, run that we have to run, and it's in in this in the sprinting effort we're going to have trips and stumbles but you have to just keep pressing on and keep moving on and you know we don't just uh uh leave a legacy we have to live that legacy first so just encourage you guys to do that happy father's day mr shane shane is what was, in what was that it's a little dark in your room there for some reason. Yeah, I don't have any lights on. I'm in the living room. Um, yeah. Um, distracting. No, no, I was just going to say that the courageous, uh, that that verse, I, I forget that's in the Bible. And I, I know the movie was kind of based on that. But yeah, courageous. We got to do things that sometimes we don't feel like doing and our emotions lead us in a, in a different direction. But it's only by God's power that we can uh, do the courageous things necessary. Yeah. Mr. Wayne, you got anything? Well, me not having been a father, I congratulate all of you for your struggles as being a father. But uh, a lot of what you said reflects back on, you know, uh, whenever you have trouble getting, you know, troubles that you're dealing with, remember that if you're a good child to your father, our heavenly father, then you can sympathize with your children and understand why you've got to behave the way you do because God has to behave the way he does to be a good father, to make you a good child. So you're being a good father to create a good child. Yeah. When, well, I, when well, I tease, I'm helping to raise Maggie's great granddaughter and I tell her, hey, when I teach you, when I give you a command, it's because you, you, you place me, I'm, I'm under authority, but God is my authority. So I behave, I obey him. Like I want you to obey me. Mm. I let her know that the, the true father is, is in the leader of both of us. You know? Yeah. Well, um, I was thinking, um, and, and, and we'll close here in prayer. You know, and I just want to say we should, we, we should pray for one another. I hope, hope at least I, 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 
spurred up something in your in your heart this morning that that you realize that we're we're in there's there's six of us on the screen right here and uh we're in it together and we need to remember to be brothers and and pray for one another and realize that like i said the instagram is the highlights of our life or the facebook is our highlights of our life but but there are low lights we all go through that um sometimes we think everybody else is um is just living in prosperity land and they never go through any challenges and that's that's just not the case. Um, I worked four hours in the heat the other day, and and I think I almost got fever from working in the heat. Um, I had five texts that it was too too hot, you know, on my phone. But um, I was trying to get to this gas station to get something to drink. I ran out of water, and I was trying to get to the gas station to get some drink and um, some food. And um, and there was an old lady and then a, an older lady in front of her and, and they were driving, I call it dilly dallying around and, uh, and, and I'm trying to get to food. I'm hangry. And um, I didn't conduct myself as, you know, as politely respectful as I should. And, and, and I, I get to the line to get some food in this gas station. The lady comes in and she's like, I hope your day gets better. You know? <laughs> and I had to tell her, I said, look, I'm sorry. I said, I know it's no excuse, but, I've been four hours in the heat and I'm so cranky, but, but it's just, it's just the, the pressure. I mean, and I told my wife, I mean, I was borderline about to pass out. Um, and, and that's not usual for me, but, but, but there's pressures that come on in our life. And I, I, I wanted to just briefly throw one out. I remember our, 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 we had a dog, um, for 12 years, I think. And, and it was the only dog Gracie knew, uh, my third born, and I remember us having to put that dog down and, and watching on my couch, these four girls just crying and me and my wife get in the car. We take that, that dog to the vet. And I remember saying this parenting stuff sucks. <laughs> and it's, it's just, there, there are things that, uh, that are hard and they are difficult, but, but, but we get to look at all these men of scripture and while a lot of them made a lot of mistakes in their resume, um, and I just picked Joseph, I thought he was a neat one and pointed out a particular thing. But at the end of the day, whether you 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 make a good grade or a bad grade, it's all about being as faithful as you possibly can to the direction that God has has led you into, and that's that's the best we can do. We're we're, we're fighting for that good and faithful um, steward. Uh, well done, my good and faithful. Um, we're, we're fighting for that. And, um, and we want to get as much of that as we can. So realize it's, it's, it's not all about spiritual Facebook and Instagram. We do have little lights, pray for one another and, um, be a person that's trusting enough and open enough to people that if they are really carrying a heavy burden that they can come to you and say, look, I'm having a hard time right now and be someone that they would ask you for uh, prayer from, hey, um, that uh, that woman you met at the gas station was God's angel to you because she didn't get mad at you for being that rude. She said, "I pray you don't have a bad day like this again." <laughs> yeah, yeah. So let's pray. Um, I think Paul's going to get off. Um, dear Lord, I just thank you for this time together. Thank you for this man. And Lord, we just confess that without you, we are nothing. Um, there's no leadership. There's no activities of talent or skills that we can do. Um, there's no benefit of worshiping the things that we've created with our own hands. Um, the only things that are worth worshiping are things that you have created through us. Um, we're just 
We're just a, a means and a method for you to show your glory. And so, Lord, I just ask you to be with each one of these men um, as they step up to the plate to be a father and a husband and a ministry leader, a shepherd. And I just ask you, Lord, that as we as we navigate through the 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 present real situations we face, that um that just as you led Joshua, just as you led Moses, just as you led Joseph, just as you led Jeremiah and so many more, Lord, we ask you that in what you have called us to, in what you have set before us, the work you've set before us to do, that you will will be press on our heart the clarity of your word. And even though that word is, is, it seems like it's not enough for us sometimes, Lord, and our flesh rages against that, Lord, I ask you that you would give us wisdom and insight and, and discernment to understand that little is much with you and that what we see is such foolishness it's right there in that you can save people. You can save us. You can deliver us. You can guide us because you are bigger than us, way bigger than us, way higher than us. And so, Lord, we just ask you as we bring whatever burden, whatever problem we have to you, that you just encourage us, that you guide us and lead us, that more and more we can remember that you are faithful, that that you will never leave us and you will never forsake us, but that we can overcome the mountains that we're facing if we trust in you and we look to you for how to how to navigate through it, how to how to approach it. And we ask all this in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. All right, guys. Well, I hope you all have a good morning. Happy Father's Day again. Um, Jeff, I'll, I'll tell you what Jeff said. Uh, so you have a, a feel. For, um, he, he he said something nice to me, but it's it's a it's for all of us. But he said, "Happy Father's Day to to a dad that inspired me early on in my walk. Thank you for modeling what the leader what the leader in a Christian household looks like. I didn't have that picture growing up. So, you know, whatever faithfulness you do matters." to someone at some place at some point and you may not always see the fruit of it immediately or maybe even in this lifetime but don't get weary and, and good and, and well doing or good doing however the scripture says it there so shane appreciate you um glad to hear your church is doing good good to see you keith you always are rescuing people with all you it's x-rays you do right yeah 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 thank you dennis okay all right guys we all have a good day appreciate you you need something. happy father's day thank you take care happy father's day <laughs>